At the beginning of each podcast episode, hosts will typically read an ad for another company, but we're going to take this opportunity to promote and plug what we're building. We are building an AI-powered app that's going to be your personal mindset coach. Think about it as if you had a therapist in your pocket, one that will help you get to know who you really are, process your emotions, and make sense of your thoughts. The app launch waitlist is back live, and it's on our website. For convenience, we also left the link in the show notes. It's very simple. All you got to do is put your name and email address, and you're signed up for the waitlist. So you'll be the first to know when we launch, and also you'll be the first to be able to actually test it. For now, here's a clip from this week's episode. I am not code switching, and I think that's one of the best freeing things that real estate has provided to me, being a real estate and then DJing, right? I never really have to take off my hat. I never have to code switch. I want to talk know? about that too, yeah. So there's things where, there, there are definitely certain phrases and words that I don't say, obviously. Okay. Like I was reading a, um, a tweet the other day, someone was in a conversation and he was in a meeting and a woman was speaking and then he said, yo, let her cook. But he was saying <laughs> it and he said it in his head. He said it in his head, but then he said it out loud. Like, you know when someone's going on you, like, yo, they're going crazy. Like, he's like, yo, let her cook. And then someone like looked back at him. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Keep, keep going. He said he got called to HR the next day. For that? One question I always ask people is authenticity, right? Right, right, Like, when right, you right. hear the word, what does it mean to you? Authenticity. So, in any sense? Sure, yeah. Any sense of the word authenticity? So, for me, it's really just about being comfortable in any environment that I'm in. Okay. You know, because for me, I haven't been in a corporate setting in going on six years now, in terms okay. of in terms of career-wise. Okay. Like as a job, going into an office type, you know. So what I now what I think of, if you asked me six years ago, I would have said something different. Okay. You know, but for me, being authentic is always being comfortable in any environment that I'm in. So all right, so if in your most authentic self, like how, what are some words that you would describe, like oh, adjectives, man. maybe? I would say um, genuine. Okay. Um, cool, sociable, personable, <laughs> cool. you know? I feel like, because I, I feel you like- You are um, very social. Um, like confident. Okay, you know, confident, okay. Um, charismatic. Okay. Uh, and then this is not any type of, any form of being conceited or anything like that. It's just that 33, I'm gonna be 34 this year, just knowing myself, mm. right? And that's how I, that's how I come across in every conversation, any situation, any environment that I'm in. You know, I'm always making sure that, one, I'm always kind, you know, because I feel like I think more people need to be kind overall, not just nice, but kind as well. Okay. Being generous, you know, being able to be um, empathetic and sympathetic as well. Mm. You know, so I take all of those adjectives and sort of place that into me. So growing up, like, what do you think some expectations were for you around, like, what type of, like, person you should be? Oh, man, growing up. So I'm first generation Ghanaian. Okay. So my parents came from Ghana in, I want to say, the mid, uh, maybe early. My dad was here before my mom. He was here with my uncle. He was, uh, he was sort of a nomad at Princeton University, my godfather. So he was, uh, my godfather was at Princeton. He graduated from there. My dad was literally just chilling on campus, you know, <laughs> living in his dorm picking up odd jobs, you know, doing a thing to get by. And then he met my mom, um, I want to say 89-ish. Uh, and then I popped out in the 90s, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so for me growing up, it was really looking at 
And you're the oldest of three. And I'm the oldest of, yeah, I'm the oldest of three on my mom's side. Okay. I'm the second oldest on my dad's side. Got you. I have a sister on my dad's side who's a, a year and change older than me. So even that, like, what what is the oldest, what, what are some well, of the, the responsibilities that you got to do? I mean, the oldest boy, you know, everything got to be, everything got to be super clean and cut, right? I lived in Providence, Rhode Island. But we weren't, you know, I would say maybe, you know, we, we didn't have a lot, but we had enough to get by. You know, just like a lot of us in our community, you mm -hmm. know, we had enough to get by. Um, you know, we weren't in the suburbs. We weren't in the jacks. You know, we was definitely in the hood, though. You know, I could tell. I, I knew at an early age the difference between gunshots and fireworks type shit. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, always, I know a lot of people use that example, but it's true. It's just like, yo, I, I know, you know, the sound of something popping off. And then it's just, oh, no, it was like firecrackers, yeah. you know? So growing up, it was... Uh, for, for us and being first generation, it wasn't, my parents didn't want me to be a street kid. Sure. You know, so they were always saying, oh, we don't, don't, don't say yo, don't <laughs> say what's up. Um, what was the other, it was like, uh, whenever my mom called me, like she called me Sean, and I would say what, don't say what, you know, it was ve always being very, very politically correct in a sense. Sure, sure. You know, uh, so it, everything was very tailored to being proper. That's the word I was gonna use. Being very, very proper, and it was being very proper to another demographic that they wanted me to appeal to. So, right? but that that conversation was had as far no, as like absolutely not. But it was just assumed. It was like, assumed. Got gotcha. you. It was absolutely assumed. You know, you watch, you sit down, you watch TV with your your parents, you watch movies, um, and then just their their body language, their the way they spoke to you, the way they would say or the, how they would compare you to others. That was really big, comparison. Who would they you compare know? you to? They would compare, compare me to either my older cousins or their colleagues' kids, mm. see what they're doing, see what they're watching, see what clothes they were wearing, how they talk to their kids, mm. you know? So it was, it was an interesting time looking back on it, right? Because I ended up going to private school mm. um, in seventh grade. Okay. From public school. And at first, I didn't really want to go. Why not? You know, um, it was predominantly white, and it was a new neighborhood that I didn't really know about mm. and uh, in Providence. And uh, I wanted to be with my friends. Like, I obviously, Makes you know, sense. I'm just 11, 12 years old. I, I just want to be with my friends, my cousins. We're all going to the same school. We're all listening to the same music. You know, we, just being very comfortable in that environment, that's what, I, that's what I wanted, right, at that early age. But my parents wanted me to have this not only a better education, which I can understand, but, and I don't, want to, I don't want it to seem like they wanted to whitewash me, but they wanted me to have a better opportunity to do certain things in life, which I can, looking back on it, I can see. You know, in hindsight, you can absolutely see and understand that, right? Because even now, like, I would want my kids to go to private school. Me know, too. The way it is, living in New York, I see how much private school costs, but I could understand knowing people that are, that are in the public school system, it's like, oh, this is what they're experiencing. Not to say public school is bad, because I'm a product of it. Right, right. right. But. But the, but the level of opportunity that you get and even what the level of exposure that you get is right. completely different. Like there's and some private schools that got sports teams that I've never heard about until right. college. Exactly. Like exactly. they got lacrosse teams, golf teams, I never swimming heard of, teams. I never heard about lacrosse until I went to private school in seventh grade, you know, um, and talking with my, my other It just opens now. up your mind to a different, completely different world. Right, right. And. I think now private school is really about the networking, mm. the networking opportunities. It's more, it's, it's literally, it's a physical LinkedIn <laughs> when you really think about it, right? I think private school is somewhere that you can go and yes, you have those better opportunities. Mm -hmm. I would say maybe more enhanced opportunities, but mm -hmm. you also have people that 
are going on to, you, there's a better chance of those groups of kids and the groups of students formulating those relationships and then going on to do something bigger and greater, maybe helping you uh, down the line or having a collaboration down right, the line, right. you know? Um, yeah. So I do see that. And I don't even think my parents knew back then that those were those opportunities were there. Yeah. But they were to, like... To, to some, to to some, some level, degree, but not yeah, like... Yeah, not to be like, oh, like... Because right now, I'm probably really close with maybe a handful, maybe like five, maybe six. People from high school people or from like high school, middle school, yeah. You yeah. Know? So I'm, I think I have more uh, relationships with the faculty and staff from my high school. Why? They, you know, being, again, just being who I am, I had relationships with the teachers, with uh, the maintenance crew, you know, because especially the maintenance crew, like they looked right, out right, for me. Right. But Probably looked a little more like you. It looked a little bit more like me too, but at my, I'm not, I can't say this for all private schools, but at my private school, you know, I think they really looked out for me and my brothers and all of the people of color because they understood like mm. the opportunities that we we're going to have, you know, we knew that we weren't uh, silver spoon fed type stuff. You know right, right. And I think we had a more appreciation for them right. than maybe some of the other kids. Um, and I think uh, the respectability was there. Like I always respected my elders, mm. right? And to some degree, there's certain folks that have, that come from a different lifestyle, uh, more luxurious, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, that don't have that respectability factor for their elders. Yeah. So um, I've built great relationships with them and uh, a good amount of them came to mind my wedding. That's you know? dope. Yeah. Did so, you, did you, cause at an early age you were being compared, but did you also just compare yourself to people when you started going to high school? Um, no, you know, it's, it's different. Cause it's like being African, you know, first generation African and then going to private school. All I wanted to do at that point, my, my parents were just like, listen, just, it's all about education, right? If you go to any, I would say, any African Caribbean household, <laughs> all it was is about education. Immigrant household, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go get good grades. Wait, so you know? like, were they, were they weren't happy with bees? Like, it was like I mean, they were like okay that? with bees. You know, <laughs> they were okay with bees, but you know, they wanted you to be uh, uh, a lawyer, a doctor. Oh, so you got you, know? you had that early on. Yeah, sort of that's that's all it was: lawyer, doctor, engineer. Yeah, you know the the typical things that immigrant parents want their kids to be <laughs> and not seeing any way out. You know, you go to, go to a good school, go to a good college, you get a good job, and then you retire. That's really what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really all they knew, you know? And that was instilled in me at a very early age. It's like... Yeah, so so how, so you getting those those signals yeah. or that feedback guidance, like, is, is that kind of like... Like, where was your mind? It was like, you know what? That, that's actually a good idea. Let me become a ex-occupation. Um... Honestly, I wanted to, like, Bo was life. You know, I wanted to be a basketball yeah. player. Yeah, I wanted to be a I basketball player. I mean, we all, we all got hoop dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to be a basketball player. And, like, for me, Bo, like, basketball was really serious for high school. You know, I went to ABC, uh, ABCD camp. Oh, dope, um, man. Aim high. Okay. So I came to New York for that. Um, but I did, at the end of the day, I was like, I knew what college basketball was. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to look at D3, D2. Yeah. But even that, I'm like, it's your life. And I'm like, I'd rather, yeah, going yeah. back to our earlier conversation, I'd rather just enjoy college, mm. you know? So uh, so that was really, really it for me. But honestly, but, at but 17, you wanted 18. To, you wanted to play, but did you also think, like, maybe I'll work in the industry? Like, was it always some sports-related no, so interest? I, there, there was no real career aspirations for me until, I want to say, sophomore year of college. 
Interesting. Yeah. Despite you know? what your family was telling you and all that stuff? Like, you right. Think, like, like, I mean, I first, I want, so um, my initial major was physical therapy. So going, I remember back that. To, going back to that question. So I wanted to do physical therapy for sports teams. I wanted okay. to be a doctor and do it that way and sort of be in the business that way. You want to be best. Right, exactly. <laughs> I wanted to be best, you know, shout out to best one time. But um, that, I, that is how I thought I was going to get my way in, mm. to being a doctor and still being, sport, and still being mm. in sports, in the sports industry. Right? right, it's like making them happy but also making yourself happy, exactly. kind of like a perfect exactly. mix. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but then after freshman year, like I just realized it wasn't for me. Okay. You know. Um, you took one class, you took one of those classes nah, and you're just like, it nah. Was just, I, so, like a lot of people want to want to be doctors, and then yeah. they, they take uh, I don't know like organic chemistry, some shit like that, and they're yeah. like, well, I, this, nah. yeah, nah. <laughs> so, uh, oddly enough, my my first semester, our first semester, I had a three six. Okay. First semester, so that's I was, amazing, I was, bro. And you bro, know all the bullshit had, we was doing. I had a two seven, bro. bro. I had a two seven. I wasn't drinking, bro. I should have been drinking. Yeah, <laughs> and I was drinking, so I was like, I was killing it. Um, you know, school fire. for me was always like. Study, you learn, if I don't learn the concept, I'll ask the question, you know, um, but it just wasn't catching my interest. So I was like, all right, this, I don't think this is really for me. I don't think I want to go the doctor route anymore. Uh, so I switched over to business, you know, I wanted to be business admin. Uh, was that was a, a general, that's just general. That's what everyone was doing. Yeah. Um, I think, then you were business, right? I tried. So, yeah. I didn't yeah. get in. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think I got into the, the school uh, sophomore year, but. Was, was uh, that a. Was that a, like a difficult conversation or a conversation at all? Yo, I don't even think that was a conversation. With family? No, no. You know, like the they, biggest, did, they didn't know? The best thing about college was being able to be independent. You know what I'm saying? And Like I if think, you did that in high school, they would have got a letter. Yeah, like exactly, you know I mean? exactly. Especially, again, being the oldest son and first generation, you know, you, you take everything into account for what your parents say. Mm. It's like, all right, I say this, you're doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, everything has to be run by them, mm. right? It was almost, I don't want to call it a dictatorship because that sounds terrible, but it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't a dictatorship, but there, well, was, there was authority. You're also setting the, I mean, I'm assuming I'm only child. You're also maybe setting the bar for the people that are coming after you. Yeah, my two younger brothers, yeah. you know, so they have to take a look at that and say, oh, no, this is what Sean did. So, right. you know, I want to do it too. Right. But um, again, it's really just going, going on the the idea of authority, mm -hmm. right? So going to college and not having to necessarily answer to anyone mm -hmm. uh, was really big. But being able to understand your independence and the power of your independence as well, you mm -hmm. know? So, oh, yeah, so yeah, so second semester, I go business admin, didn't think that was for me. And then um, I actually reached out to my college counselor mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about changing my major, you know? Do you, and then she was like, what are your interests? I'm like my interests are, you know, sports, math, um, and a number of other things. Uh, so we narrowed it down, and I was just like, why don't you be a math major? Those skills that you learn as an undergrad for math and having a math degree can translate into a number of things, mm -hmm. you know, and it's very unique. You know, it's not like necessarily a, po a political science de uh, degree or uh, business admin, mm -hmm. um, but I knew I didn't want to go the doctor route, and I think math and analytical skills can transfer to a number of different industries, right? right? So that's where, that's where we ended up. And that's when I really started thinking like, all right, what exactly do I want to do? Mm -hmm. like, I think I want to be in the business realm, but bi the business admin classes weren't interesting to me. Math right. and numbers were really, really always interesting to me. Okay. You know, and I feel like you can always learn, especially now with what we have a social, what we have today's social media as mm -hmm. compared to them. Yeah. The social media now, you can learn business and you mm -hmm. can learn the basic or the foundation of business pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. So, I hated uh, business classes, bro. Yeah, accounting. Accounting wasn't, and 
looking back on it, accounting can be interesting and can be fun. I don't think the professors we had made it made it so. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, big, um, it's a big difference. Yeah. yeah, it's a huge difference. You know, and that's with anything. Yeah. You know, having a good professor and having a good teacher, um, being able to make it relatable is always yeah. going to be is always going to be um, a good idea. Like one of my math classes, probability and statistics, we didn't learn how to count cards. We watched that movie Twenty One where the, I think, believe the main character and his group of friends, they were counting cards in Vegas and then they obviously got locked up and all that, but they were coming up. Yeah. So we, we sort of learned the process or the idea of how to count cards. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's mm. actually really interesting. And then watching the movie, it's like making it really relatable to you. you yeah, know? yeah. So um, around that time, like, just like me, like you started <laughs> doing internships, co-ops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. What was, uh, <laughs> what was your first day fit looking like? Oh, my first day fit? Yeah. So uh, I actually, my first co-op was uh, was in Brookline. It was actually at a bank. Okay. It was at a bank and... Very traditional industry. Yeah, like an actual, like sort of moving into like the actuary type role, finance route kind yeah, of. Yeah. But, um, man, my first day fit, I think I was in a full suit and tie. Okay. And I think that was trash, honestly. Why did um, you, why did you feel the need to wear a full suit and tie? I think they told me. They okay. told me it was a full suit and tie. Um, Yo, you know what? Even before that, do you remember taking co-op prep classes? I do remember taking co-op prep classes. Bro, yes. I remember them putting up a picture of like, this is what not to do and this is what to do. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn, like this is me. Right, exactly. Yeah, I was looking at it. Yeah, because I had, I mean, I think uh, the baggy clothes was was phasing out by then. Yeah, and Now we're looking yeah, yeah. at 2010-ish. Sure, right? sure, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I always, I was always big in fashion. Right, so when it comes to clothes, I was always like trying to be hip to GQ and what everyone was wearing because a lot of that, let's call it business professional wear, sure, attire, sure. I feel like I couldn't afford it at that time. Mm. Mind you, I was buying True Religion, <laughs> Rockin' Republics, uh, bro, I had, Sevens. I had so many fake clothes in college. Bro, it was crazy. Yo, I we walked in freshman year with, with fake uh, we had Pradas, a, I had fake Gucci. I had the Prada, I still got Prada to this day from 08. Probably, you know? th those are the best sneakers of all time. All time. All, all time. You can't, yeah. But, like, I remember having all of those, because I remember we had to connect at Neiman's. And, oh, uh, and, you, uh, so you had the real ones. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah what's his name? Uh, my, man, my man Beans. My okay. man Beans was over there, and uh, he would always hook us up. Uh, that was the one in Copley. Okay. In Copley. But looking back, I'm like, I don't know. I don't really see myself, like, I didn't know what a tailored suit was. You know, I didn't, and I think I, I knew how to tie a tie from, from high school. Me too. That's the only reason. From high school, uh, for basketball games, we had to wear, like, once Coach Carter came out, everyone was like, oh, no, you guys got to wear a tie and button down. But, bro, I was wearing, in high school for basketball games, I was wearing a tie, a button down, some khakis, and, like, Tim's. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I always had that aspiration to dress like a GQ, like a businessman, but to my, with my flavor. Mm. You know, um, to this day, I don't wear ties. That's just a person. It's just a personal thing. Like I don't think ties complete in a, a suit outfit. If I'm okay. in a suit, I don't think it compliments me well enough. It may compliment somebody else. Yeah. But I also don't like you know things tying like my neck being just all wrapped yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I had this conversation with you before. My suits is probably the best. Like I meet someone with a better suit than me, I'll give them a compliment. Cause that's how I feel. I think my suits are top tier, and I have a number of them. Right. But I also but that's, like. But that's a, that's important to call out though. Is that like you actually enjoy dressing up and you like the way that yeah. it feels on you yeah and and that's what? important to know because some people like that and some people don't but it's up to like yeah yeah when it when it know. permits right when it permits right like i'm a real estate broker sure right so i'm selling multi-million dollar cribs mm -hmm. i can't show up in this tell you know? me why not 
I can't show up in this because there's a, let me say I can't show up in this. I wouldn't show up in this. Yeah, all right. Right? Why I wouldn't not? show up in this because I want to uh, have the, not only the self-esteem, but I think I feel, I, I feel like I look good right now. Mm -hmm. But if I'm selling, I think at a certain level of experience and unfortunately at a certain level of money, mm -hmm. and when you're dealing with certain levels of money, I think there's uh, an appeal and there, there's a way to properly address yourself in your attire. Right now, yeah. to that point, you look at Mark Zuckerberg, you look at Steve Jobs, you look at Elon Musk, you look at um, especially those early Mark Zuckerberg when we was in college. Yeah, I mean, I saw I bro, saw, he had bootcut jeans with no sock Adidas flip flops. I saw Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> two days ago. He was talking about the Vision Pro. Yeah, he was just in a regular jeans and probably like a it looks like a Hanes Navy T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's probably not Hanes, but. Once you're a billionaire, you can do whatever you want. That's what I was going to ask you is like, why, why can they do it and, and you not do it? Well, one, I'm black. Okay. That's the biggest one. Mm -hmm. they, can, they can always do things that I can't, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or that we can't, right. honestly. You yeah. know, there are things that they can get away with that we can't. And it's unfortunate, but it's the way of the world. It's 2024, but it's still the way of the world. Yeah. And I've accepted it. Doesn't mean that I love it, but I've accepted it. Yeah. Right. Um, and, I, and I'm not here to, to convince you of anything. No, and I know that. I'm more, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm more so trying to get into your head and understand, like, right. what are the stories or, like, your inner critic and what, like, you're telling yourself in your mind. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have these thoughts. Right. Like, you're not the only one, right? So no. let's go through the scenario, right? Like, like, do you tell yourself, like, all right, if I show up to a listing and there's a potential buyer that's going to see the property... If I show up in X, they're gonna turn around. Like, tell me a little bit about those stories so, that you tell yourself. Yeah, so um, that particular situation has never happened, but it's a, it, the story that I paint in my head is I wanna look good to these rich folks. Yeah. If I'm selling a million dollar crib, two million dollar crib, $10 million crib, I wanna look like I can represent the buyer that's right. going to buy this crib. Now, to that point, I feel like on maybe 95% of the showings I go on, if I'm representing the buyer, I'm the best looking one there. Not, Interesting. I mean, physically, yes, I'm a handsome dude. <laughs> but I'm talking about my suit, my shoes, my watch, uh, my accessories, mm. because I'm there to quote unquote be professional, but mm -hmm. have a professional look. I'm professional in the sense of, I know the market knowledge. My expertise is A1, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So they can ask me things, and I'll have the answer to it. And if I don't have the answer to it, I promise you I'll get the answer, mm -hmm. right? And I know a lot of people say that, but no, it's true. I'll get it for you right on the spot. I got people that I'll reach out to and they'll give me the answer. But there's been times where the listing agent who's representing the seller, they, I'm like, are you, you sure you're representing a $10 million <laughs> owner? Like, you don't look the part. And you don't, and again, you don't necessarily have to look the part. You have to be an expert in your, in your, your, your um, excuse me, industry. Yeah. Right? That's, that's the interesting, but, just like imagination of seeing y'all yeah. walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's it's harder for us because we are not them. Do, right? you, do do you do you see you know you being in the industry? Do you think let's just overall generalize like black people are often more dressed up to to these sort of like meetings? Yeah, we have to be. Yeah, we've learned that we have to be. We've learned that we have to go above and beyond where they don't always have to. Yeah. Right. And it's just again, it's not pointing a finger at anyone. It's just the reality. Mm -hmm. It's the reality of it. Um, 
because there's still discrimination in that sense. Yeah. It's an, again, everything is unfortunate, but I'm a realist. You know, we have to be realists. It's like, that's just what it is. Until we get to a level of Jay-Z where I can tell, when I can accept in a Grammy mm-hmm. and tell everyone in the audience, including the Grammy board, that they are unfair, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Not everyone gets that opportunity. What do you, what do you think that status is for you? Where you get to say, I'm going to show up to this list. Like, you know what I mean? Where you don't yeah. feel that pressure. Um, is, like, is it, is it a numerical number? Is it so, a title? Uh, is it an age? It's funny. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to age. Okay. Because um, there's a conversation that I had with a number of my friends just maybe two weeks ago when it came to age. But I think all titles are bullshit. Okay, yeah, okay. I think all titles can, are, are bullshit. Um, <laughs> but again, money talks, man. Yeah. Money talks. And... Like, it's more so like what would give you the... Because it's all... It's all, a, it's all a, a confidence and a level of just not giving a fuckness. Right. Right? So, like you said, money talks. Like, is right. it a certain income bracket? Or, See, you know what I mean? it's crazy because I can... So, I can have $100 million in a bank. Right. And I promise... That's a good number. I promise, right. <laughs> I would still come off the same way. because right. and, I, and I can say that because I don't have $100 million in a bank. Sure. But if I did, maybe I'll change my ways a little or maybe I'll expect certain things. Mm-hmm. But in terms of personality... I feel like you always have to, and it goes back to me having those adjectives for myself mm-hmm. um, and being authentic, being kind, being empathetic, and being sympathetic. Yeah. You know, um, especially being African, you know, knowing where I came from, my parents came from, and how we are looked upon in this country. Yeah. Right? Um, is there a number? I don't know. There's, there's, you can move the spectrum. Yeah. Right? You can have $100 million, you can have no money. I've been broke and I've had a lot of money. Yeah. And then I've been broke again and then I've had a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know, so it's going to keep going going. So I don't know if there's a, thought... monetary, a monetary sense to that, but I, it just has to be with comfort. Right, right. It has to right. be with comfort. Let's say I have, um, let's say I build my own brokerage. I right. have 100 agents under me. Am I going to come to the office in a sweatsuit? Maybe. Well, that's, Maybe. What, that's what I'm trying right? to get at is like. But I could it... also come in a, in a suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just going to depend on how I'm feeling. Like, It's an interesting thought experiment, though. It is. Like, or I don't know if that's the right sort of, like, thing. Here's an example. You feel me? When I don't have a haircut, I'd be feeling bummy. <laughs> you know, I'd be feeling bummy. Yeah. Right? So I want to be in my bummy clothes. I won't be in, not necessarily bummy clothes, but I won't put on my top-tier elite clothes. Mm-hmm. Right? Or an elite fit. Sure. But if I have a cut... You know, them the you know James Bond. You feel like the fit got to match the cut. I feel like Idris, Michael B. Jordan. Um, who else they love? Who else they Shawnee love? Shawnee Do. Shawnee Do. You know, I'll, I'll be I'll be all of that to the nth degree because, and I think that's something for us, as uh, as people of color, right? Once we have a because we, our relationship with our barbers are, our relationship with our barbers are are like this. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to, I gave this example of the, the, the former UK prime minister. <laughs> I forget Boris, his name. Boris, yeah. Boris of the, yeah. So I'm at that age. I'm watching news now just because, you know, I'm turning into, you know, my African dad where I'm just standing there <laughs> watching news just, just to watch the news. And I'm seeing this guy over and over um, weeks on weeks, months on months. And I'm like, is no one telling him he looks crazy? <laughs> his hair looks crazy, yeah. You are the prime minister of the UK. Yeah, one of the most powerful men in the world probably, yeah one of the most powerful men in the world and you actually look nuts. Like, you look crazy. I don't care what your suit costs. You, I'm looking at you, you look nuts. Yeah. But then someone on the back end can say, 
oh, like, you're wearing earrings, you look crazy. Or you have dreads, you look crazy. Right. But I say it for the most part, we, we take pride in our upkeep. Yeah. We take very good pride in our upkeep, yeah, whether yeah. it be person, whether it be a man or a woman. Yeah. If a person, like, we take very, we, we hold on to that. But like you said, right? it's, it's uh, a lot of it is subjective. It is. But it also, I don't know if you made the connection already, but, like, a lot of it, all of it goes back to childhood. Oh, absolutely. Like, your family at an early age was like, you need to look a certain That's way. What, yes. You need to present yourself a certain way. So, it's funny you say that. So, it's like, my mom was the big fashionista, you know? Mm. So, we would have clothes, and I'm sure you had this too, we would have clothes that we couldn't wear to school. You only wear these when you're going out, because this is your going out, you're looking really good type clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that is a sort of that was sort of yeah. like the the seed that was planted into whenever it's an occasion. Mm-hmm. You know, um because I, I think everything is situational. You know, so going back yeah. to, to the idea of age, we were having this conversation with a group of friends of mine, and one of my friends thinks uh that at a certain age you should stop wearing earrings, for example. Okay. Or at a certain age, you stop wearing Jordans. That's or colorful correct. kicks. Let's say colorful kicks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, for me, you know, I was trying to. Is, or did he say you're at that age right now? Yes. Yeah. We're all like 30s, early 30s, mid 30s. Yeah. So, so he, he like, he like, bro, you still doing yeah, that? Yeah. And then one of my friends that does, one of my friends that stu- that wore earrings, he said one day he looked in the mirror, he's like, yo, I got to stop wearing earrings, which is fine. Which is fine for them, but again, right. it goes back to comfort for me. Yeah, it's all individual. Yeah. Everything is individual, but for him, he was, it was very finite. You know, it was an absolute of no age. X, you got to stop trying to look like you're young. And I'm like, I'm not necessarily trying to look like I'm young, you know? And then I, I, I actually, I was going to the Knicks game. They were playing the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I actually recorded my fit. It was like a sweatsuit like this. It was mm-hmm. a smooth fit. I had a cut, so I was, looking, I was looking sharp. I had an overcoat over it. And then I let him know, like, yo, I'm wearing my earrings. But I'm letting you know, like, these are VS1, color grade F, you know, diamond earrings. Right. They're not the joints you get at Claire's, you know? <laughs> so I'm not sure if that makes a difference, but that's, I think that's the first time I've ever even said that out loud. It's like, why should I, why should the, let's say, character of my, my right. earrings, or right. whether they're diamond or CZ, right. affect how I'm looked at, or yeah. how, I, how I should dress? I mean, I told what? you before, but like one of my favorite pair of Jordans, uh, the, uh, the 12s, I had a white yeah, and red yeah, pair. Yeah, the white and red that just came out. I, yeah, they came back mm-hmm. out. I sold them like years ago. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I regret it. But when I sold them, I used that money and a couple, you know, some other funds to mm-hmm. buy just like uh, a bunch of like Kohans. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I got yeah. like four or five pairs of Kohans. Okay. And now I never wear them. Unless, I'm, unless I got a special occasion, but right. I was at that point, even earlier than my 30s, of like, I need to change how I'm dressing because mm. this is too childish, right. as your friend said. Yeah, and it, it, I don't which think... Is, which is fascinating, but it's, it it's, is fascinating it's all subjective. Yeah, it's all subjective. Like, for me, I'm a, I call myself a retired sneakerhead because when I was younger, <laughs> I had mad kicks. Yeah, you know? yeah, And now the sneaker game is crazy, but I still like sneakers. Well, that's why I retired, not because of preference, but because yeah, it's, it's just, just the market's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. Right? It's just tough to get kicks, but I still like kicks, like, and I'll still get, I have, I don't have, let's say, colorful, like, Easter egg color sneakers, but if you want that, I can understand why. Mm. And if you dress it up, then you dress it up. Like, mm. um, what, you know those, um, those red balloon boots that yeah. came out, the yeah. big joints? So I saw those in person maybe two weeks ago in the city, and I'm like, all right, these <laughs> look a little childish, but yeah, again, yeah. it's subjective. If you like it, and mm-hmm. you think you're rocking it and going crazy, mm-hmm. yo, do you. But for me, nah, that's where, that's, that is where I can draw the line, right? So everything is subjective, and I don't think, I think there's, 
certain circumstances and situations where dress your your dress should affect or it should be a thought you should take some thought into how you dress your appearance in any type of situation or circumstance okay maybe it doesn't matter if you have enough money because yeah. again not a lot of people are billionaires yeah, you know, yeah they can do what they want yeah you know warren buffett every time i see him he's in a suit sure now mark zuckerberg no not so yeah. much you know who to say yeah Elon Musk, he was on that podcast. He was smoking weed on a podcast. Wild, yeah. On a podcast. Right. But he's a billionaire. You know, so does that, is that childish? Him smoking weed? On a, on a podcast. I don't think it's childish. Uh, he's a billionaire that runs a multi-billion dollar company. Is it childish? I don't think it's childish. No? I actually don't even know, like, what... Maybe, maybe the word childish I'm struggling with. Um, it could be. It could be. Maybe I'm struggling with the word childish, but... Uh, was it a smart move? I don't know. Right. I mean, was it smart? Like, is it smart to, for me to wear my sweatsuit to a million, a two million dollar listing appointment with when I'm meeting my? Like, I think first impressions are everything, right? Yes. And you can't change first impressions. That happens yes. once, right? Yes. So should I wear, you know, my citruses, my citrus sevens? Yeah. And um, some black sweats and uh, I don't know uh, Astros jersey sure, sure, to, sure. to a listing? No. Well, you that's know? see, that's interesting because like. I think our gut reaction and my gut reaction would be like, well, no, because this is going to happen, mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, we're also creating our story and we're creating a story in our head around like what that scenario is going to play out into, right? which may or may not happen. But at the end of the day, like we're trying to predict the future right. of like what, what will can. happen. Who knows? Right. Because we could. All, and also when we try to predict the future, it's always worst case scenario or it's always a bad scenario. Like what if I'm just making this up, but like you walk in with like. That same fit, but it's like New York style. So you walk in with like yeah. a Mets jersey. Right. And then the person that's gonna walk in is a Mets fan. And he's right. like, oh man, I fucking hate these, like, <laughs> you know, I hate these uptight motherfuckers. I'm so, right. yo, I love for the Mets, yo, blah, 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 yo, back in the day with Pedro. Like that, we, we never create the scenario in our head of it being a positive scenario. Right. Because at the end of the day, you just got lucky. You think like, oh, if I'm wearing a Mets jersey and this dude just happened to be a Mets fan, hey, yo, right. I got really lucky with this. Yeah, that plus we we also take in the experiences of what has happened in the past. Right. And we right. think that what has happened in the past is also just going to happen in the future. And sometimes those aren't even our experiences. Sometimes it's just like our family. Our family. Yeah, it They're could like, be like hey, childhood trauma. Exactly. You know? It's, it's you, like, like your, your dad could tell you a story about like how somebody was racist to him. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, well, I don't, See, want, I don't that want that shit to happen, happen to me. Exactly. You no, know, I don't want that to happen to me. But, right? but I do think we we do, we swear we can predict the future every yeah. time. No, and, and and I understand why people, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do the same understand. shit. Yeah, I understand I it. Shit. I understand it. Like meeting meeting my fiance's parents, like I'm not going to be in yeah. a sweatsuit. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think bringing it down to that level is like, all right, if you're going to meet your fiance's parents for the first time, yeah. You know, your girlfriend's parents for the first time, yeah. your boyfriend's parents for the first time, whatever. How are you going to look? You know, I feel like appearance is such a big thing because like, at the end of the day, we bro, all have eyes. That's a fascinating question. Bro, I don't think... When you bring it down like that, it's like, all right, bet. I'm going to go to a $10 million listing appointment. What am I going to wear? And then it's like, all right, I want to wear a suit, tie, maybe dress shoes, shine my shoes, all that good stuff. Or I'm going to the mall and yeah. I'm just shopping. Yeah. I want to be comfortable. But I'm comfortable with both. Yeah. Me personally. Yeah. Subjective. Yeah. But appearance is just appearance is the first thing that we see obviously right before you start speaking but why is it uh, so there's two people in that scenario though right there's the person receiving the impression yeah and then there's a person giving the impression right, right. like right. why is the pressure always for the person receiving the impression to change 
Because I'm also I'm also looking at you too. Like why right. can't I judge right. you? But like I said, I'm dr- I'm better dressed than most of these listing agents when I'm going right. to represent the buyer. So I'm looking yeah, you, at you like it's yeah, really you, good. But then I also that's it gets, funny. That's it funny. gets yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah when my buyer is asking questions about the listing or the property and they don't know it. I'll know it, or maybe I won't know it, but as a listing agent, you should cover X, Y, and Z. And you don't know it. So now, not only am I looking better than you, you know, appearance-wise, now you just don't know. So it's like... How do you you think you've been received? Like, your authenticity? Me? And I'm asking asking because I had this friend... I had this friend who was working in finance, and he similar to you was he was he liked wearing suits but like the fitted mm. tailored all that type of shit right dressed yeah. to the nines but then he would get comments like or people would assume he's cocky okay. because of how okay. he's dressed right okay. so then he started like all right well like let me dress it down a little bit i guess mm-hmm. then he got the perception of like he's not taking his job seriously uh, so it's just uh, like bro okay. i'm trying to i'm i'm doing this i get shit i do this i get shitted on or you know what I mean? Sometimes we just get like misunderstood. Right, and I think that goes back to- Or, you, or even you, I probably assume, maybe this is just a story in my head, I probably assume that people are like, oh my God, you're so well-spoken. Oh yeah, that happens all the time. Really? Well-spoken, yeah. I've had, um, when I used to work um, at uh, in corporate, I had a client and I probably spoke with this client once a week. Mm-hmm. And then I finally met her in person after like months <laughs> of talking, she was like, you look and sound so different than what I pictured. And I was like, but what'd you picture? You know, like, what's she going did, on? she didn't say anything she about that. It's like, yeah. no, I'm just completely different. Um, and uh, it was funny. She was, uh, she was Latina. That's you know? funny. So um, she was a real estate agent uh, in Philly. Mm-hmm. And Philly and I met with her. And I was just like, and it's, I think I've, I've gotten that a lot. I've gotten that a lot. And, and it could just be, you know, I'm well read. Um, educated, obviously, uh, but I don't, for me personally, I don't like to flip the switch. You know, I don't like code switching. Mm-hmm. I think there's code switching to a certain degree. Sure. But a complete 180, no. Like, like you've never, you've never, that was never your thing? No, 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 no. I'm not saying it was never my thing <laughs> I, because I had to do it. You know, I yeah, yeah. Now I'm 33, you know, so of course I've had to do it. I've had to do it in my, in earlier in my Early, career. Earlier, sure. Yeah. But now, if I end up going back to corporate or going or working with an organization, I am not code switching. And I think that's one of the best freeing things that real estate has provided to me, being a real estate and then DJing, right? I never really have to take off my hat. I never have to code switch. I want to talk know? about that too, yeah. So there's things where, there, there are definitely certain phrases and words that I don't say, obviously. Okay. Like I was reading a, um, a tweet the other day, someone was in a conversation and he was in a meeting and a woman was speaking, and then he said, yo, let her cook. But he was saying it, he said it in his head. He said it in his head, but then he said it out loud. Like, you know when someone's going on you, like, yo, they're going crazy. Like, he's like, yo, let her cook. And then someone, like, looked back at him. He's like, like oh, I'm, I'm sorry, keep, like, keep going. He said he got called to HR the next day. For that? Yes. That's crazy. Now, is it true or not? Who knows? Yeah. But I could see that happening. Yo, let saying her cook. Someone, saying let her cook can be mistaken for so many other things. Oh, cause she's a cause she's a woman in the whole cooking kitchen. Come on. I didn't even put that together. Yes. So, I thought he got called to HR just for like No, like that's what do you not mean how let her cook? Here. Yeah, no. It's like what do you mean let her cook? Yo, if I was presenting so, and I'm going in and somebody so said how do you let explain her, that to HR. Hold on, hold on. But if somebody said that during a meeting, that that's the biggest compliment I've right. ever heard. Cause that's yo, you imagine you killing it, it up there and you're like, yo, let him cook. I'd be like, 
my yeah, God. Yeah, appreciate you. Because we know what it is. Yeah. But to, to other folks, they may not have ever heard those words put together like that right, ever in their right, life. And right. Unless it was in a way to physically let her cook. Like, you know? So, yes, there's certain phrases. And if you want to call that cold touching, sure. But mm-hmm. there's certain phrases that I don't say or I refrain from. I now, in terms of how how I come across, mm-hmm. everything is the same. Yeah. I don't see myself as cocky. I see myself as confident, charismatic. Well, that's how you see yourself. But how do you think right. you've been received? And I, think, and I think that's how I'm received as well. Okay. okay. Based on, and it's funny because I can say this and I, based on my friends, but also just my clients, my clientele and people that know me. Mm-hmm. You know, my relationships with my former teachers and faculty from my high school. You know, my um, uh, friends' parents that'll say things about me, aunts, uncles, yeah, I guess they love me, but they all see the growth from when I was a baby to now, mm-hmm. you know, and then just strangers that I meet, you know, I'm talking to people that are working in the cash register and just sort of having a joke with them. Like, my mm-hmm. fiance thought I was, so we went to a dispensary in Boston, thought right? Thought you went to, we went to a dispensary <laughs> in Boston, you know, we buy something, and um, I'm asking for a lighter, mm-hmm. and I'm like, damn, I, don't, I forgot my lighter. And I'm talking to the, uh, the the lady at the register. My fiance is with me. And I'm like, yo, you got a lighter? She's like, no, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what you mean you ain't got a lighter? Like, come on, you work here. I know you probably smoked that good stuff. You know, you got that za. You know what I'm saying? She's, she's laughing. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, I'm like, yo, you ain't, you literally ain't got no lighter. She's like, no, nah, I'm sorry, but you can buy one. And I was like, you know what? I'll support the business and I'll buy one. So we had that little key key moment. And my fiance like, why are you flirting with? Like, Too many key keys. She said, not you flirting with. I'm like. I'm just trying to get a lighter. That's but, a, that's the struggle of being with an extrovert. Right, right. So and that's and that's what it is. You know, I'm being very sociable, but again, it's just my personality, mm-hmm. and that's with everyone. You know, obviously, you know not to cross the line, and I'm just like, and, but she was just joking, right? Because right? she understands right. it's been ten plus years, right? So she already knows how I am, but that is just how I am. So there is no code switching there. So that's just woman at the dispensary register. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm I'm showing a crib later today. That's, you're going to get the same. If you're giving me energy, you know, I'm right. going to feed off that. Right. And I also like to feed off energy, you know, so. Like to, like to, yeah, I get that. There's no, there's no code switch in there. It's, it's interesting that you're at a point too where like you're working in real estate, but you're also dedicating a lot of time to like grow your own, your own personal brand. Yeah. I wonder sometimes like, is there a fear that like people that you're working with in real estate or even your clients are, that they're going to find you? Absolutely. Is, is there a fear? Yeah. No, I hope they find me. You hope they find you. Yo, I, yo, I hope they find me. Interesting. I hope they find me. Cause, I mean, it's not like it's not like doing anything bad I'm or crazy. I'm not doing anything crazy, but I'm being myself. I'm being authentic. Right. Right. And I think that's what lacks, especially within this industry. Too many people want to be like the Ryan Serhant. Ryan mm. Serhant is this big agent. I know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Everyone knows. If you're in New York, you know who Ryan is. He's been a star on Million Dollar Listing. Um, you know, he opened his own firm, I want to say three, four years ago. Uh, and he has over a hundred agents now, which is amazing. He does incredible work, especially in Brooklyn. You know, he's incredibly charismatic, incredibly confident, and he does, he does a lot of great work. But to me, being a person of color, being first generation Ghanaian, being a black man in America, you know, there's certain things that I do and I say and have my own swagger to that he doesn't. There's a lot of things that he's good at that he's probably better than me at, but there's a lot of things that I'm good at and I'm probably better at him at. And then just relation. Yeah. You know, being able to be relatable is really, really big and key. 100%. So I want them to find I want them to find me. I want them to know that I'm in the club at 2 a.m. DJing for a thousand people, but I'm waking up at seven in the morning going through my master customer list and making a hundred phone calls before twelve. Yeah. You know, because that is just at this point it's become who I am. 
I love that. I love that you found, like, you've. I've always seen you as a very creative person. Mm-hmm. Like, you're always dancing. You're mm-hmm. trying to. You're trying to like curate the vibe and all these kind of things. And it's interesting that that's not where you like went into career-wise. Where would I go? What do you mean? Like as a as like a, the life of the party or curator. Because I still do, I still do events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still DJ. Right. But I think that is to just I, or just in like entertainment in general. Like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not like you're not in entertainment. Right, but you know what I mean? right. But I know that I, there's there's certain levels, right? Because you know, you look at um, our boy Vlad, Vlad Sametti. Yeah, sure. Who's, yeah. You know, with A and R, uh, works for Metro Boomin. You know, could that have been me? I don't think so. You know, I love music. You know, and I love being able to to be in that realm. Why do, you, why do you say it couldn't have been me? I don't think that was my path. I just don't think that was my path. Okay. I think I love music to a certain, like I think I love DJing um, and I love being able to curate experiences. And I think that's more of my path, mm-hmm. you know, instead of being on the business side of the music industry or the entertainment industry. I don't think that, that, wasn't, that wasn't my go-to. But, you know, based on like what you're saying, like curating the vibe, dancing, but just having fun, mm-hmm. That's always going to be me. Real estate, DJing, having an event, um, going to, like, just trying new things and not being fearful of it. You know, fearful of the outcome, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you, you know, you're a crazy bachata dancer. I remember yeah. seeing you at the Lasso events. You know, I would go to the Lasso events, you know, try, you know, find me a little, you know, Dominican thing, you know what I'm saying? But, um I was looking, I'm like, yo, Pabella's going crazy. And I would just watch your footwork. So I admire dancing a lot. And I admire music a lot. You know, I think that's why I, I sort of fell into the realm of DJing. But I remember just watching your footwork. Like, you know, like, you met me. I was already getting light. Like, yeah, I, was yeah, getting, yeah. I was getting light in high school because my cousin Zach, shout out to Zach. Uh, he was living in the Bronx. He would spend some time with me and Tutu uh, in Rhode Island. And he was teaching us, like, yo, this is what they're doing in Harlem. This is what they're doing in Brooklyn right now. Like, chicken noodle soup. Yeah, yeah. It was getting light. I was like, yo, this is crazy. So he taught us how to get light. So I knew all of that before I went to school with you. And I remember meeting you, Steve, Neff, and they're like, yo, who are these Rhode Island dudes, like, getting light? Because it's like, that's not what you was doing. But I think the appreciation of the art is something that will always be a part of me. So being, having that appreciation and wanting it and showing, I think, me and real estate and me and DJing is sort of bringing all that appreciation together. Yeah. You know, because I've always loved real estate. I love, yeah. like I watch um, this guy on YouTube, Enos. Um, you know, he shows these multi-million dollar cribs across the globe. That was dope. You know, but I love architecture. I love design. I love interior design. Yeah. I love development. I love the Just like the, the style of it. I love the entire yeah. foundation of it. And the best thing about real estate for me, like being a buyer's agent or being a listing agent, it's really based on your relationship. Mm. Being and, in, and, that's, and that's your strong suit, and that's, bro. That's, and that's it. You, you know, you're, having you're, that relationship, building rapport and being relatable. You're really good at that shit, yeah, man. And, and thank you. And that's Admirable, something I take, pri- man. I, I take pride in. Because like there wasn't somebody I could bump into in Boston and I'm like, Sean already knows him. Maybe, it's maybe, maybe. It's crazy. You know? Like and, everybody. Yeah, wifey says it all the time. Like even just looking at the, the wedding, you know? Right. A lot I had... A lot more people on my side. You guys narrow that shit down. Yeah, like, it's like, got to narrow that shit down. 10,000 to, yeah, yeah. And again, it's just building genuine relationships. Yeah. One thing that I always say when I'm, if I'm ever interviewing or talking about corporate work is I'm very big with, 
being a, uh, a consultant, mm. being able to understand challenges, your challenges, whether they be personal or business, and being able to find resolutions for them. Mm. You know, being able to listen to understand and not listen to reply yeah. is really big for me. It's like, mm. all right, what exactly did you just say in the last minute you were speaking that you were so passionate about? Yeah. And let me see if there's a resolution for that based on literally what you just said, not me right. thinking, all right, I already know what I'm going to say based on what you're saying and I'm re not really listening to you. Right, right. You know? But so. I, I really, I'm, I'm excited for you to continue like building out the, the NYO brand. Yeah. Because yeah. to your point, I think it showcases, it shows people that like, even if like, even if your passion is one thing, you can still do all these other things on the side. Right, yeah, exactly. And it's the reason why I named the company plural because I mean, without the W, just more than one. Mm -hmm. Like I was so tired of being just like the single version of myself. Yeah, being trapped in a box. Yeah, like you, you know? could you could do all the all the different shit you want, and just because you you're dressing up in a suit one day and selling million dollar properties doesn't mean you can't be in a club the next day doing whatever right. you got to do. I think which is the dope part. But I, I, I think that's also going to give hopefully people are going to see that and be like, oh, I want to buy shit from him because. Not because not only his expertise, but because he looks like me, dresses like mm. me, talks like me, he's mm. into the same shit as me. Like yeah. I, that's what I hope. Yeah, and that's and that's my hope yeah. for for everything. You know, whether it be getting a client for real estate yeah. or getting a, a partnership with um, a club or an organization like Forty Forty. You know, being able to have that ability to relate to folks, um, and it's not just because like I'm uh, if they're black and I'm black, or they're a person of color, I'm a person of color. You know. Um, anybody, yeah. anybody, you know, being genuine and being authentic is what I'm about. You know, you can't place me in a box, you know, and that's why I love what I'm doing, what I'm doing now. And it's funny, I just, um, I just redid my, re I revamped my resume maybe two weeks ago. Hadn't done it since 2008, uh, 2018, excuse me. And I'm like, damn, yeah, I'm about I, did, say 2008 I'm like, damn, crazy. I, I did a lot of shit. Like, there's a lot of shit in here. And then at first it was a brain dump, but then revamping it to how recruiters want to see a resume and then i'm looking at it and i'm like wow i've actually i'm impressed with myself mm. you know but yes i took the moment to be impressed with myself but i still got a long way to go i still got a long way to go you know so what and, it, so what inspires you as you look at this journey moving forward to continue being um, your most authentic self you know it's funny a lot of my friends inspire me mm. a lot of my friends inspire me seeing what they do on a daily basis and then just being in new york you know, um, one of the reasons people ask me all the time, like, why am I in New York? You know, it's they people say it's smelly, it's crowded, <laughs> it's too expensive. The weather. The, the weather. The only thing I really give them is that it's too expensive. Um, anything that's smelly, you're talking about Times Square. No one goes, like, if you live in New York, you don't go to Times Square. That's a tourist attraction, like, all that. But we have some of the best food in the world, you know what I'm saying? Um, and even outside of that, it's just being able to meet people like yourself that are, aren't comfortable with being stagnant. Everyone is trying to be, everyone's trying to better, everyone, at least that I meet, everyone's trying to be better at, better than they were the day before. You know what I'm saying? Whether you work in corporate law or whether you work at the Verizon retail store, mm -hmm. you know, everyone is trying to do something to better themselves and have that hustle and grind. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine right now, he's, uh, he, he was working at the airport, uh, but now he's selling CMOS that he personally makes. He, he gets the seaport, uh, I believe from Trinidad, and he's making the CMOS gels, he's making his own juice, and he's selling them on the Ave. Like, he's That's literally smart. taking the cooler, taking, and just literally has his own uh, own marketing plan, own business plan. He's like, yo, I, I love this for me, and this is what I wanna do. I don't wanna go back to that, and I admire that. You know what I'm saying? No matter how old you are. You know, having that hustle and that grind mentality 
is something I think we, I, I don't call myself a New Yorker. I've spent most of my adult life here and I feel like it shaped me to who I am today, much, very much so. But as, let's say, as New Yorkers that we take for granted, you know, because I think we're always on the go. We're always trying to do the next thing. But if you sit back and think like, wow, like I was doing this and then I was doing this and then I was doing this and now I'm doing this and I still got this to do. It's like, like, yo, just sit back, you know, reflect on it, digest everything and just get excited for the future. You know, and that's that's really what I'm about, you know, and that's why I, I'm really appreciative of you taking the steps that you took. Thanks, man. Because, man, again, going back to it, seeing you freshman year to where you are now, AOL, Meta, TikTok for a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and being able to take that jump because we we had a person, we have a personal relationship. You tell me how much you make. And I'm like, bro. <laughs> You sure? Like, <laughs> you sure? You know? So, and I'm sure like that conversation with your mom and your grandmother must have been difficult too. Like coming into real estate, I had to prepare my parents for me not being able to have a check every two weeks. You know, and sort of giving them, like having them digest that. It's like, wait, so you want to do what exactly? But Sean, you don't know a lot of people in New York. How are you going to do that? You know? you have a good job right now and you're making good money. Like, how are you, like, why would you give that up? You know, so for them, I think they've leaned into it a lot more because now I'm doing it five, six years. And they're just trying to protect us, right? Yeah, and then, because and, 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 I can't, I can't fault that for them. Uh, yeah. I can't fault them for, them for that. that. Yeah, so it's, if I had a kid, you know, and they were telling me they were leaving this high paying job and they wanted to go to an industry that, 85% of real estate agents don't renew their license after the first two years. Wow. You know, it's something that would scare me, right? It's like, especially living in New York. Granted, I'm not that far away from Rhode Island, but you know, being, uh, what was I, 27 at that point? Maybe 20, yeah, 27, 28 maybe. Um, it's, uh, it was nerve wracking, especially for my mom. You know what I'm saying? So. Sure. It's, uh, and then I know we had that conversation. It's like, being a real estate agent, you don't, you, you really not get, unless you go to a team and, or you're, you're on your parents' team and they're feeding you buyers or listings or things like that. Yeah. Coming to New York, one of the biggest cities in the world and not having that situation for myself, literally going, previewing apartments, understanding, understanding uh, York to 12th Avenue, um, being able to understand that 5th Avenue is literally the middle of Manhattan and that separates the West and East. And it's like, those are things I had to learn on my own. No one really taught me that, you know, granted I have my mentor now who's, who's been incredible, but that was something early on in my career that I had to learn. I literally had to learn something from the ground up, you know, uh, and man, that was hard. Yeah. Um, I had to... But that, but that did, New York I, hustle definitely Yeah, helped. it was the hustle, but I, I mean, I had to cash out my 401k. Yeah. You know, I told you that I had to cash out my 401k that I was building up for the last, um, what was it, like, since 22? Yeah. Same. You know, because... Cash, um, cash some of it out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had to cash it out because I had a, I had a point where I just wasn't making money, mm -hmm. you know, and I thought about going to corporate for a long time, and I wanted to stick with it, and now I'm here five, six years later, and I'm like, damn, like, that really... As challenging as those times were, obviously it helped me to where I am now, you know? Yeah. So, and it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy, it's a crazy lifestyle being here, living here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and doing what you're doing, man. Thanks, so, man. So and, that's, and that's what it is. And time will tell if the, if the risk was worth it. Right. For both of us. Right. Mi gente, that wraps up another episode of the Can't Do It As podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do us a favor like share comment wherever you're listening to this episode be sure to follow subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're listening on apple Podcasts, or spotify thank you and see you next time